Hey everyone, this is Zev Bannett, listening to the Daily Halacha Kabbalah and Machshava podcast series brought to you by Yisodblocks.com. If you're enjoying this content, you can visit us there and join our growing community, subscribe, and get access to a ton of other content. All the Torah concepts we've been exploring here, according to the halachic flow of the Shulchan Aruch, are all presented there in their integrated holistic form, structured, so you can actually see how all this works together and really understand what the Torah is about, what is the big picture of the Torah, what is the purpose of the Torah, what is the Torah map of reality, and how to actually use that and implement that in your life in a way that actually turns on the whole machine that we call you, and then you can actually become the fullest, uh, most empowered, most powerful, lit-up version of yourself that there is. So that is the goal here, to try to discover that within ourselves, at the very root of who we are, is Hashem self, and to then allow that to flow forward into our being, and then become who we were always underneath, just to actually allow that to be discovered. In other words, have the cover removed. So visit yoursoulbox.com, and you can actually get access to all of that, So and join our growing community, and support what we're doing as we try to create more and more Torah content uh, of this type on this level with this depth of, and breadth of sophistication. This series, we explore a halacha from the Shulchan Aruch in every, in every episode, and the Shulchan Aruch is a codified book of all of the halachos that come out that are derived from the Talmud, from the Gemara, flowing all the way through the Rishonim, the earlier commentaries from a thousand years ago, and then later on through the later commentaries, ultimately culminating in this book that is literally a list of bullet points. You can think of it as like the super Mishnah, the Mishnah being the original attempt to start to write down memory trigger ideas uh, of the Torah Shabbal Peh, the, the, the meaning behind the Chumash, the Torah Shabbat the written Torah. So this is basically the end point of that. It's like there's the Mishnah, and then it flows through the Gemara, the Talmud, and eventually reaches a much more expanded state in the written down form, which is what the Shulchan Aruch actually is. And so every halacha is basically an expression of that. And this particular halacha, we're going to see that pretty clearly, that backdrop. Uh, and we're up to, uh, we're in Siman Nun Gimel, section 53, halacha Yud Chet, the 18th halacha in this section. This is what the halacha says. Haomer, a person who says, Eni yore teva, I refuse to go down to now be the leader of the tefillah group that we are trying to create here. And if you recall from previous episodes, tefillah group is a minion, 10 men, uh, each one representing some uh, format, some structural uh, design of the 10 attributes that each of us has, the 10 sfirot, which is basically the 10 filters, 10 channels, the 10 layers that we use to manifest our intangible self into the finite, tangible world that we live in. So each of us has a different setup of those 10 attributes. Those are really 10 different uh, ten different attributes that each have their own amounts of different quantities as well. So it's like, you know, attribute number one, how much do you have of that? Do you have 80%, 100%, 150%? Do you have too much of something? Uh, so there's basically this set, set, this structure of 10, and each of them has their own different amounts. That Those are called midot, literally measures uh, in the Torah, in Torah literature. And so we have 10 different men with their 10 different fragmented uh organizations of these 10 attributes and that way as they come together into its fila group they can look to each other and actually try to draw from each other's variants and then become more whole in the process of or in the structure of their 10 attributes which then will allow them to also become more aligned in the process of tefillah, the process of alignment that we engage in when we actually use the sidur and this grouping to try to create very deep inner alignment between ourselves, the outer layers, the outer shells of who we are, uh, the kinds of thoughts and perceptions and emotions that, that flow from them on the surface of who we are, going all the way down to the root of ourselves and really getting in touch with the areas that we are afraid of, that we tend to avoid trying to explore. That's what tefillah is really all about. So we have a person who's supposed to lead that, that's the shaliyah tzibor. And so here the halacha is talking about, let's say we ask somebody to now be the leader 
of that group, which is this whole section of halacha is all about that. So we say to him, uh, please go and be the leader. And he says back, Haomer, he says, I refuse to be the person who's going to lead this group. Why? Because my clothing is too colorful. Or because I'm wearing sandals. My feet are wearing sandals. So he's saying, I can't do it because, look, I'm not dressed properly. So, he should not, at any point now, be a person who be the person who now goes down and leads the group at all. Why? It is the way of people who think the Torah is not real to to care about things like that, to like specifically say, oh, I'm going, like, this is important, I can't wear clothes like this when I'm doing this. When we have this suspicion that maybe he is a person who is what's called an an apikores. So I'm going to explain what that means in a second. Um, And just first of all, this is this is straight out from the Talmud. It's literally a Mishnah in Maseches Megillah. And the idea here, just to to to, we have to give a little bit of background to explain what this is. So first of all, uh, we've discussed many times how there is this concept of the Eitz Hadas, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The Eitz Hadas is the story in in the Torah in uh, Parshas Bereshis, and basically what happens with that story is after people eat from that tree, Adam and Chava, Ishvaisha, they eat from the tree, and it creates a situation in which now their perceptual landscape changes from being one that is a function of of reality, of what's of the data that surrounds them, the information, the inputs of reality around them. Instead, it now converts to only storing uh, and only only uh, uh, noticing things that are particularly interesting or disinteresting, things that are not interesting are ignored, things that are interesting are noticed, and basically the landscape of perceptual uh, information absorption is preferential. It's a function of your preference, and that is what determines the kinds of things that you're interested in. So what that led to over time was an accumulation of distorted perceptions about reality. So this concept of apikorsut, uh, so essentially what it means is basically people developing certain ideas and certain beliefs about reality that are simply made up and then beginning to latch onto them uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a preference-oriented inertia type of way, which is all the hallmarks of Das Tovara. So just to give the, the bigger picture of that, people also do that with Torah. In other words, people have a ten- tendency, this is a big, you know, a big debate and discussion in the culture of the world for, for centuries, is this concept of dogma, where people say things like, well, this is just the way things are, this, this is what I choose to believe, I believe X, Y, or Z, and this is just my, this is just what I believe. I can't prove it. I have no basis for it. But there is an invisible man in the sky, and he's telling me that I have to strap on bombs onto myself and blow up people who disagree with me, or he's telling me that I have to make crusades against people who disagree with me, or that I have to kill people of, of a particular persuasion because they disagree with me. So these are examples of, of ideas, beliefs that people have, and they're all structured the same way. They're actually structured in what we call today fundamentalist thinking, um, because and which is kind of ironic, and I'll try to explain why. So fundamentalist thinking basically is where we look at people who have beliefs that are older, like from, I don't know, a few hundred years ago, and we say, look, those people believe that there's an invisible guy in the sky or something like that, uh, and so they're fundamentalists. I mean, they're going, they're going to, like, to the, the earlier, like, more, more rooted, or I shouldn't say rooted, but more, more original ideas from before, and so they're fundamentalists. So, and often people look at people, at our people, and say that we're fundamentalists, because look what we do. We keep Shabbos, and we do all of these different mitzvot, and we say that Hashem cares about what it is that we do, and, and so... What that leads to is a situation in which, uh, p- because of Das Tovara, so people actually develop what's called dogmatic perspectives, things that they just think without having any idea 
as to what is underlying those perspectives or what is the basis for that. What are the, the layers of causal principles that give rise to the idea? We'll give, give just a classic example. This is, this is like a, an old joke that I, I grew up with. I'm sure people have heard of this before. Um, there was a synagogue in which uh, a, a man visited one, one weekend. Uh, and basically, I mean, it was, it was, he was there for the holidays, and it was a holiday, Simchas Torah, where there's a lot of dancing, and basically they dance around the entire synagogue in a circle, and at one point in the synagogue, like kind of near one of the doors, so whenever anybody reaches that point in the circle, as they're going there, they, they duck down, they kind of like bow down a little bit, they duck down, and then they continue, they stand up, and they keep going, and, and so this man who's visiting sees this, and he's like, that's curious, like, I wonder why at that particular place in the, in the circle, every, each person that reaches that spot does this bowing move, so the, the dance continues for a while, and then afterwards he asks, uh, he asks somebody, like, I don't know, we've always just done that. that that's, it's a custom of the shul, of the synagogue. So then he goes to ask the, like, there's an old man there who's like 90 years old, and he goes to ask him, and of course he's been there forever, so he, he knows the origin of all these types of things. And so he says, oh, the reason why people do that is because there used to be, there was a beam that used to run across the ceiling there, and that beam would interfere when we, were, when we would be dancing. It was low enough that it, people would hit their heads on it, so whenever anybody reached that spot, they would always duck down to duck their heads. And then after they removed the beam, people kind of just kept doing that because it just became like a thing that this is just like no, nobody really remembered why. People just kept on doing that. And that's kind of like a joke. It's an urban legend, Jewish urban legend. Like it's a, but, but it represents a particular point, which is the point of what's called Das Tovara and the point of something also that's called in Kabbalah being Kotzeit Banitiot, which is basically where you, when you sever the, the things that you're doing from the underlying roots of what they are, then and you just do them from a place of habit and rote and routine and dogma, then they eventually begin to become nonsensical, and that ultimately will lead to you just not doing them anymore or doing them in a way that goes too far and is now distorting them. And that is the definition of dogma. And so the idea here is this this in the, in the Mishnah, uh, that, that, that is the origin of this halacha, is just two particular examples that were going on then. In other words, there were people who basically had lost touch with what the Torah was really about, and so they started to develop their own ideas and practices. So one of them was, oh, well, in a, in a context of spirituality, wearing color, like very, very colorful clothing is, uh, is problematic, so it shouldn't do that. And so they added their own idea of like what it's what what you're not supposed to do, and even even though there's absolutely no basis for that in any Torah thought, there's no reason to not wear colorful clothing if you are going to be the chazan. Uh, maybe in, in a certain situation there could be some some context where that might be a little bit true, but but mostly the answer to that is no. It's not a problem to just wear regular colorful clothing if you are the chazan. Uh, and so if a person now begins to say, oh no, I like I. I like, I'm not, we don't do that. I'm not allowed to do that. I don't do that. So that's basically the beginning of a sign of what's called apikursut, where a person is very um, committed in, with intensity to a particular practice that is not a Torah practice and does not reflect Torah practice. And in that particular time period, not only is that, does it not reflect Torah practice, but actually reflects a set of perspectives that are actually in, in, opposi in, in opposition to the Torah in some way. And so we have all kinds of examples of these, these things today in minor and major forms. Um, so obviously this particular example, you know, nowadays there's actually still ironically some, you know, variants like this where people who are part of certain aspects of the Jewish community wear only white shirts and black pants. Uh, and so they don't wear colors, and then there are other people who wear colors, and maybe they don't, and then each of these two groups looks, looks at each other and says that they don't really respect each other so much, because, oh, you're, like, look how you're dressed, you must be part of that group, or you're part of that group, this, this is a very good example of, of das tovara, of dogma, 
of sinas chinam, of basically hating somebody else simply because they they are they are they live a little bit differently from you in ways that are not fundamental, that are that are just superficial. And so that's uh, ironically a sort of a similar issue. The, the biggest irony of that, by the way, is that the clothing that we wear when when we're whether we wear white shirts and black pants every day, like the yeshivish community that does that, or if you wear clo- like colors that have uh, clothing that has colors, either way, none of that is Torah clothing. In other words, like let's just take look at a, at a white shirt, button-down white shirt with a collar, or a colored with stripes shirt with a collar. These are not Torah clothings. To- the Torah describes. The types of clothing that we're supposed to wear, and it does not look like that. There's no, there's no um, design like that with a collar and with buttons like that. And the clothing that we're just supposed to wear is, is clothing that covers our body in specific ways, and that also transmits our spiritual interior to our exterior, which is especially for men. Uh, although women have a, have also a very wide set of uh, of clothing related guidance that is designed to create this, where basically the clothing that you wear is designed to cover and beautify the body in order to allow both its physical beauty and its inner and the interior of the rest of who you are, all the inner layers to all be manifest simultaneously in like a in like a rainbow essentially. And so the uh, and, and on the male side we have the the the, the four cornered garments that are specifically designed to allow with with the fringes, the strings that you see on them are designed to broadcast our interiors uh, through our exterior. So that's the whole purpose of clothing, and uh, and when you actually look at the clothing through the Torah's lens, like that's the Torah's idea of what clothing actually is, like real Torah clothing, as opposed to like you know, the clothes that we wear today, the pants with the zippers and the and the the buttons and the shirts with the buttons and the, and the collars, and these are like the more formal clothing, and then we have just like t-shirts and like these are not Torah clothing at all. And so any person who looks at at, at their particular clothing and says, oh well, a white shirt and black pants, that that's like the type of clothing that, that the Torah says I'm supposed to wear. No, it isn't. That's just a random uh, construct that became uh, a custom and then became very dogmatically accustomed and then began to be used as a reason to hate other people because we we dress differently and this way is the better way to dress. And that is the under underpinnings of this halacha in this section, which is when you get too attached to a set of, of, of random ideas uh, in a dogmatic way, so then those ideas become uh, severed from the root, and they're no longer a pathway to Hashem, and then the, the, inevitably you will drift within them, where they begin to take on too much inherent value and too much inherent focus and conviction uh, in, in your mind, and those those formed perceptions will now begin to cause you to create actual things that end up violating the actual Torah. And this is a good example, like the sinas chinam between the different communities in the Jewish community, people who are all trying to, let's say within the, within the groups of people who are trying to actually live the Torah and learn the Torah and try to get to the depths of the Torah. So when, when we begin to get fixated on these kinds of things, we are now actually accessing the meaning of this, of this halacha as particular ideas that we are attached to that are severed from the root now begin to actually become too prominent and too fixating and too, too uh, like just too intense and then leads to actual problems where now we really violate the Torah with things like sinas chinam, hating other people, and that's literally the thing that just that 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 made it impossible for us to actually even have a base of mikdash to actually achieve the the receiving of Hashem's presence in the way that that we were trying to receive to become like Moshe uh, and actually have a fusion with Hashem within ourselves. That we became that we that we could become one with Hashem. It's like a much longer discussion, but like that's like that's the whole thrust and 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 trajectory of the Torah. To, to actually become able to receive Hashem's presence in this intense way, 
uh, and be and be kind of like one with Hashem internally and to, and to manifest and channel that into the world. And the thing which stopped us being able to do that, what, to continue in that process, was sinas chinam. So it's, it's baseless hatred, hatred for, for silly things, things that have no real meaning. And that's uh, unfortunately, not only is it alive and well in our communities, but it's been rearing its ugly head in the whole world now in the last couple, last few years. People hate each other because of their opinions. People hate each other because of the, the things that they, that they, that they think about political issues and and the the recent pandemic issues and and you know there's a lot of things to disagree on and a lot of things to look at the world differently about in in those areas how to run the world and how to deal with something like like a pandemic there's plenty to to look at and to and and to see differently and to then actually uh, to disagree about but that's not the same thing as then hating somebody for having an opinion which is different than you and and that's that's all that that's the concept here of being quotes banatios of severing the thing on the surface from what's underneath it so if, if if you go into a store and you see that people are wearing masks or are not wearing masks like earlier in the earlier phases of the pandemic so you know people people i mean i've been yelled at from people on, in both scenarios wearing a mask not wearing a mask by people who are just very, very, just without ac- any actual thought or discussion of like, and not that I really need to, not, why do we even have to be, be, ha- be, why do we even have to have that discussion in a random supermarket with a random stranger about random things that, that, that you think, that I think, like it, that the only way you could have such a conversation is if you were severed from the underlying dynamics of what this is really about. And then you just look at it on the surface as this is my dogmatic belief. Everyone's supposed to be wearing masks or not wearing masks. And then let's yell at each other about that because how could you think any differently from that? What's wrong with you? And that is the exact dynamic of sinas chinam. It has destroyed every society that it has ever plagued. And it is unfortunately really uh, destabilizing a lot, of, a lot of parts of the world now. Not just our people, but just the world at large. And it is rooted in exactly the same dynamic, this exact problem of having having uh, uh, things on the surface that have lost touch with their underlying basis, their underlying elements, and therefore leading to a failure to properly apply each of the actions in a way that is a real function of the underlying factors, the underlying dynamics. And so... Uh, so this isn't really an this isn't like a new issue. Um, it's not an old issue. It's it's an ongoing issue. It's just a das tovara issue, and it's manifest in this halacha very clearly. Uh, even though the particularities of the halacha don't really apply so much nowadays, I think if somebody says today, in an intense way, "Oh, I won't go down to be the leader of the tefillah group because I am wearing colored clothing," so they're probably not thinking these kinds of thoughts. Uh, and but but the very but the very idea of people basically inventing their own Torah, if somebody has their own ideas of what the Torah is and what the halacha is that are not based in source materials like the Shulchan Aruch and the Rishonim, the commentaries that are the foundation of this, that actually would be an expression of this, and they might not know that that, that that's a real problem of of what we're describing here, the apikores problem, the inventing your own Torah problem. But that's something which like any time that we have an idea about what the Torah says or thinks or does. Uh, so we should really be able to base that in source materials. And if you're not able to do that and you have some kind of random ideas, generally the, 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 those, those ideas that we have when we have them are the ones that are the hardest to actually find the source materials for because we're, we believe them so deeply that we're like, well, like, I don't need to find that. And we kind of have a blind spot there. That's how dogma is, is, is constructed in our minds. That's how Das Tovarach constructs dogmatic thoughts. So the, the areas we need the most to explore and to ask questions about where we have the most emotional conviction and certainty, by definition, are the ones that we will usually have the least amount of ability and openness to actually explore them. So that's why the key to solving all of this is to always ask, to constantly reassess what it is that you think, to constantly uh, 
any thought you have, if, if I get asked a question I've gotten asked a hundred times, I don't say to myself, oh, the answer is just this. I don't have to explain the underlying elements. I go back into the set of thoughts. I dig to the roots and I say, yeah, how do I know that? Again, because I look at it as Hashem is asking me to, to, re, to review that whole tree of information to make sure that I have all the pieces still there and that nothing has become dogmatized and nothing has become severed from the roots. And if you do that every time with all your thoughts, you might say, oh, that could take forever. The answer is no, it doesn't take forever. Once you do it enough times, you can do it very easily. Start, your mind gets used to actually thinking deeply about things and then it just becomes very natural. And that's how our minds are supposed to be formed. That's the Torah structure of thought, the Torah structure of mind. Uh, to avoid the dust over our problems, to heal all of them. That's what we basically need to do to achieve that. Hope that was useful, clarifying, and thanks so much for tuning in, for listening. Check us out at yourselblocks.com. Subscribe there, support what we're doing, and looking forward to having you join me for the next episode.